This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big Sills! All right, everyone's getting ready to run. Maybe I should get my shoes up. No, okay, that's going by the wayside. Today is producing day at the Combines. Guys have to start running 40s. Guys have to start doing ag- agility drills. How much does this matter when it comes to you being a football player? I don't know. I think the film is more important than anything else, right? We welcome you aboard. we got a ton of stuff today. The National Football League will never be taken off the front page of the sports page. The NBA and Major League Baseball has to do something significant. And I'm going to make a point to you. Dear Lord, I have a prayer. Please, in Major League Baseball, bring back the steroid era. Thank you. Sign big sales. Why is that? Because every sport needs a villain. Every sport needs content. Following LeBron James and his gimpy ass around and his loser Lakers or Russell Westbrook is not moving the needle for me. Or a moaning Embiid. Hey, I'm worried about winning the East and not MVP. Duh. Major League Baseball? What's the storyline? The best storyline, last year's Phillies, and guess what? Shohei Otani, a modern-day Babe Ruth. Other than that, I could put Mike Trout in a mall, or I could put him in a police lineup, and nobody on the planet could pick out a guy like Mike Trout. If I put Geno Smith in a lineup in a mall in North Philly, everybody could pick him out. Football is front and center. But now we're finding out, Tone was saying that the NFL is talking, and I heard this too, of moving the combines around like they do the NFL draft to particular cities. How cool would that be? So you have the combines in Philly, or you have the combines in Chicago, You have them down in Miami. Folks are able to get down there and watch your favorite college guys. You start selling tickets. It becomes an event in like a fair. Why not make it into a fair? Dallas, Texas, Miami, Los Angeles. You turn it into a week fair like you have, like you see in Dallas all the time. Dude, combines, man. I mean, seriously, watch this. There's going to be 25 million people that are going to watch the combines over the next couple 
days. And the NFL is not playing any games. I guarantee you the Combines will have more television ratings than any NBA game. That's the power of the NFL. Creating content. You know, I want to say something before we get started here. By the way, really great to see Jalen Carter is back at the Combine in Indianapolis. He posted, he posted a $4,000 bail, which means he only had to put up 10%. He got out of the he got out of the deal and got out of the courthouse with 400 bucks. How much is that really going to impact his draft status? Is it going to be more about the loser people in the media taking shots at him? You know, I actually had a guy who posted this. This guy killed someone. How could you back him? You're like, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't kill anybody. I'll take him in a 10-second minute. I'll take him in a Philly minute. I have no problem with that. As long as more information doesn't come out that he was more involved in it. My conversation with Jalen Carter would be, not why he lied, because I know why he lied. I would have lied. I would have. Jerome Brown would have lied. When you had that much to lose, my question would be, son, your decision-making can't have it. You've got to be more mature in this moment here. We're going to give you big boy money here. You're going to be part of the face of the franchise. You can't be acting like this. In other words, we have to be able to trust you. Tell me why I should trust you. Those are the questions I would ask them. Those are the questions. Why should I trust you after some shit like this? Why? Explain to me. I want to hear me. I want to hear him tell me why I should trust him with maybe potentially the first overall pick money or the Eagles pick at 10. Why? And if I'm comfortable with that and I like his reasoning and response, I'm going to take him. That's how you get to know who a kid is. I'm going to tell you something else that people won't go down this road. Don't you think you're going to get the best of Jalen Carter now in the truth? He has to tell the truth. You're going to get the best interview you possibly can. Cause you know why he can't fudge the facts because he doesn't have the latitude to do that. And every time you ask him a question, it's going to be a sincere question. He can't lie. He has no latitude. Okay, that was surrendered. So you, you're going to get the best interview, maybe, of any prospect that's ever stepped in that building. <laughs> Brian goes, take him and hire him a driver. Okay. Okay. I like it. Glad to see he's back at the Combines. Um, I want to I say a couple things because sometimes when I – say something and our great IT and our internet people post something, they um, obviously it's, it's something that's an excerpt from the show. And I think this is a microcosm of what radio suffers from. I was just telling tone. Do you understand when they post something like a take from Frank Reich or a take from Jalen Carter that I make, it's less than 5% of what my spin is and my take is. 
And that's all people hear or read. Unless you consume everything that I say with my take, you look at the headlines. Isn't it great, Tone, when you watch people and how they respond to a headline? Those headlines that we drop on Jacob Sports that I repost over at Dan Cilio's show are headlines. We're a nation of headlines. That's all you read, which means you don't read the context. This is what I said about Frank. I said one day Frank will be the head football coach of the Philadelphia Eagles one day. That's okay. We got Sirianni. I know you got Sirianni. But let me ask you a question here. After Doug won the Super Bowl, did you guys have any notion that two years later he'd be fired? Did you have... What would have been more reasonable to think? That Carson Wentz wouldn't have been the quarterback of the Eagles or that Doug Peterson would not be the head coach of the Eagles? What would be more unbelievable to Eagle fans? I'm curious. What would have been a more shocking headline? Wentz is no longer the starting quarterback of Philly. Or Doug Peterson has been fired as the head football coach after winning two NFC championships. Excuse me. Two NFC East titles. An NFC championship and a Super Bowl. What would have been the bigger headline and the shocking headline to you? Keyboard Warrior says Wentz. Really? I think it's Doug. But now, you know, we got Sirianni. (laughs) You fired Doug Peterson. Doug would have been the big headline. No one, no one would have thought that. No one would have thought that in a million years. No one. And And then the comment that I threw out yesterday about Jalen Carter. I take that kid. If he's sitting there at 10 and he falls to 10, thank you very much. Or I would do this if I'm Howie. Back up all the offers. Back them up. And especially if Gonzalez or Porter or Witherspoon is still sitting there at 10 or 11 or 12, I'd be sitting here going like this. Back them up. So I got Jalen Carter. Basically, you've got the best player in the draft next to Will Anderson at 10. Okay? Sitting there at 10. And the guys you really want, you're taking offers. I'll take another first next year. If you want to give me two twos and a three this year, you can have the 10th pick. Mm. Is Howie in a good position going into free agency? He's in a pretty good position here. Let's get to the topics now. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. Um, Do we agree that the 2022 and 2023 draft choices that the Eagles are going to make this year, these guys have to have impacts this coming season for the Eagles to be competitive? And I'm going to tell you a little bit here in my philosophy and how I think the Philadelphia Eagles could be maybe even better than they were a year ago and potentially win as many ball games. Do we agree 
that more of the emphasis has to be placed on the offense. And that's why they didn't really go out of the realm of really interviewing a lot of offensive coordinators because they didn't want to ruin the continuity, right? So meaning this, I think the Eagle offense, if you put up between 65 and 70 plays a game, what does that do? That keeps the other offense on the sidelines. And what, and most importantly, does it do? It keeps your defense off the field. This is how Brady won with sometimes later in his career, not the best defensive schemes and not the best defensive players because they would go on these 14, 10 play drives and they would keep their defense on the sidelines, which most of the time leads to better statistics. And you would have not really a great defense, but a defense good enough to win because your offense was so potent. You're not really losing a lot of guys. And I'm going to show you how we can maybe add a couple more pieces here to make the offense even better. How many people believe that? Watch this. How many people believe going into the 2023 season that the Eagle offense will be better? I do. I do. Another year. Another year together. Pretty much same same personnel intact, especially skilled guys, Goddard, Brown, Devontae, Jalen. And the loss of, hey, the loss of Miles Sanders will be felt, but the loss of Sam Miles is the one that hurts probably the most. Now, how many people look at the defensive side? Still a lot of question marks. We still don't know how that's going to look. However, the offense is going to be improved, in my opinion, especially if you add some components to kind of fill some voids, right? What if you draft a guy in the third round? What if you put Jurgens over at the guard and he turns into a better player than, say, Amalo? I mean, you're hoping that. And especially with an offensive line coach like Jeff Stoutland, I'm assuming that's going to happen. So these 2022 that you drafted a year ago and these guys coming up this April, they have to be a factor, right? They have to be a factor. Okay, so let me throw this at you. Just for shits and giggles here, who do you think has a better pro career with the Eagles, N'Kobe Dean or Jordan Davis? Which one do you think has the better career? Who has the better, you think, opportunity at being a star in the Eagle organization? Jordan Davis? By the way, I keep hearing people want to throw the word bust out at Jordan Davis. It's too soon. Don't throw that out yet. Okay? Do not. Give the kid 34 games. Give him 34 games. Give him two seasons. Do you guys understand there's a reason that the average length of an NFL career, like mine, Average, average is three years. Do you understand that? Why is that? Because the fourth year, that's the year they know that you're going to be an exceptional NFL player like Barrett Rob, like Barrett Brooks. Okay? People always go like this. Sills, you kind of busted out in the NFL. Well, I did have an average NFL career. Okay, I'm good with that. Not really, but you know what I mean. Okay, Dean, Dean, the Kobe, but I'm a Dean believer. 
He was awesome in college, a leader on the field. Tony, he had great people in front of him too. I think Kobe Dean has a chance to be a really good player if he's got good players in front of him. If he doesn't, I'm not sure he can hold up to the rigors of playing 17 ball games in the NFL on a regular basis. Watch him at last year's Combine. He's a tremendous athlete for a huge man. Jordan Davis has all the skill sets, in my opinion, on being a spectacular player. Once again, Yale, he's just never lived up to his athleticism that he has shown like he did at the Combines. His production doesn't fill the bucket. He doesn't fill the bucket. The guy runs a 4.78, 340 pounds. Wow. Yes. This guy runs great shuttles. Yes. Gets over the bags well. Has great lateral movement. Then you put him on a football field, plays high. His engagement sometimes is a little suspect on getting off blocks. He looks in the backfield too much, doesn't read his keys, which means he doesn't trust what he's being told. He's got to buy into the coaching staff a little more. My assessment, I watched some film on Jordan Davis, and I'm going to give you both my – remember something up for me, just so you guys have a little background. I've been offered – I was offered an opportunity to go into the personnel department with Ken Herrick and with the Raiders and with – um. Al Davis. That's a fact. You can ask John Gruden or anybody that's in that organization, including Mark Davis. I had an opportunity to work in personnel in Cleveland. So when I give you an assessment on somebody, it's an assessment that people kind of trust my word on what I'm saying with this. Here's my assessment on, on Jordan Davis, and I'll give you mine on the Kobe. Athleticism off the charts for a big man. He's a guy that moves like Shaquille O'Neal. He's got every single skill set you want in a big man. Quick, fast, tap feet, which means that he's got great feet. Athleticism starts in your feet, not in the weight room. I tell my daughter this all the time. You want to be an athlete? Work on your feet. Your feet have to take you to play. And he's got tremendous feet. His shuttle all the intangibles are there for him. Now you put him on a field, lack of production is not there for me. He doesn't have a lot of production. Um, he, he struggles at times with his weight. He struggles getting off blocks. He's better in a zero technique than he is in a three technique. I don't think he's very good in a three technique. He's better in a one which means he's not going to be your active tackle. If you play a 43, that means one of your guys has to be in a zero technique, a shade, or in a one. That's usually the guy that holds down the run. That's not the 13th pick in the draft. A three technique is Aaron Donald, Cortez Kennedy, Warren Sapp, guys like that, Javon Hardgrave. Those are three techniques. Why are they called three techniques? Well, outside outside shade of the guard, and their only responsibility is one gap. And usually, the guys that are your three technique, they can read gap gaps and stances and splits, and they're really good at it. I don't think he is. I think the kid Wyatt, I think the kid Walker, and Jalen Carter at Florida, in my opinion, 
We're superior to that in reading splits and gaps than Jordan Davis. Needs to work on that. He needs to be watching more game film. Okay? Like, I'll tell you this. If you're going to have him play in that one and that zero technique, he's got to play lower to be able to take on double teams. And personally, I think he gets drilled off the ball with double teams. For a man that size, you should not be moving him off the ball. Now, when they move him around a little bit and have a little more freedom in there, he seems to be more productive. But you know what I would do? If I was Tracy Rocker and I was Sean Desai, I'd try him maybe in the three tech. They could see if he could get up the field. and Get in the backfield, son. You know the worst thing you could do to a guy like Barrett Brooks or a guy like Jason um, Kelsey? You know what the worst thing you could do is penetration. Get him up the field. Now it creates lanes and gaps. But Aaron Donald has made a Hall of Fame resume doing this. Put him in a three technique. Run him up the field. I don't give a shit. Just get in the backfield. Knock that line of scrimmage off where these guys can't slip and scoop onto the linebackers. Do you know what a nightmare that is? Let me say this to you, too. I'll tell you what Jerome used to do. What made that gangrene defense so insane. Do you know what Jerome would do? He'd run around a couple blocks. You know why? Because offensive linemen are skilled by coaches like Jeff Stoutland that teach you technique to get your head front side on a slip and scoop. Slip and scoop means this. You're slipping the guard or the defensive tackle to get up so you can scoop them to get up to the linebacker. Kelsey's spectacular at that. How do you stop that penetration? And how you do that, you run around him a bit. Go to his backside. Slows his feet down. Slows his, it slows his angle down. Jerome used to run around blocks. And he used to drive Buddy crazy. But what he did was every time Buddy asked him, hey, I had to slow down Jumbo Elliott from getting on my front side because he was getting on my front side with, the fl- with a flat stance and with a flat step. So Jerome made the guys, he played chess with them. Smart defensive tackles are in there playing a game with you like that. Okay. Carter, 32 tackles in 2022. How many sacks did he have, Marcus? Marcus, do me a favor. Tell me how many sacks he had. 32 tackles? I'm hoping that's not just total. I hope that's solo. Okay. 37. So, wow, 69 tackles. 69 tackles in two years. Man, that just doesn't seem a lot of production. Big Sills had 100 in one year. You know, Jerome had 100. I I, I just like a lot of production, man. I don't know. Domikatsu had like 90. 16 total. Three sacks. Wow, damn. Now, you know the big thing is today? They rotate a lot of kids. Okay? Here, let me let me let me show you. Can I can I show you something from like 35 years ago?
And again, under no one, no, no, no circumstances am I telling you I'm better or worse. But I want to show you something. Okay. Here is the numbers. Big Sills, thank you for saying, saving me while I'm working at home. I just want to thank you for being like the mainstream media destroying Jalen Carter. I believe he's made a mistake. Absolutely. That's all it is. As you can see, Big Sills right here had 50 solo, about 87. Um, here, I'll read it. I had 87 total tackles. Counting the bowl game, now they do today. I had seven. I had 94 tackles in one year. I led the Canes in tackles for loss. Winston Moss, who was a second-round pick. Danny Stubbs, who was a first-round pick. Jerome Brown, who was a first-round pick. Bill Hawkins, who was a first-round pick. I led the team in fumble recoveries and the defensive line in solo tackles, 50. So you're telling me between Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, these guys had 67 tackles in two years is not a lot of production. But what they – Jerome had 75 tackles this past – my, my junior year, his senior year, but the year before he had 114. They do a lot of rotating today. They play a ton of guys today especially at Georgia and Alabama. I was never a fan of rotation because I don't want – now, I had Cortez Kennedy and Russell Maryland behind me, but they were young kids. Seals, if Witherspoon, Carter, Murphy, all are at 10, who do you take? You got to take Carter. He's the better player, the more impactful player. The, the need of position, that would make me also do this then, Jeremiah. That I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sign CJ, maybe drop him over the corner, and then take that, take that uh, safety from Bama. Okay, I might, I might do that. They're going to have to get cheaper and younger on defense, like I said to you yesterday. Yeah, yeah, these guys, these guys today, they use like a ton. So. I've always, you know, and I, I talked to Mario Cristobal about this. I'm like, man, these guys don't have big numbers any longer like I did. And they're like this, but they do a lot more rotating. Now, I love this kid. DT from Pitt. Kalijah uh, Cansey ran a 4.78, 6 feet 280. Put that in perspective with Jordan Davis running a 40 at 6'6", 340. Davis better get it together in year two. Think of that. Look at the size of that kid. That's more me, the pit kid. Jordan Davis is, I mean, Jordan Davis is Jordan Mulata running like that. That's unheard of. Jordan Mulata's a freaking great athlete as well. Okay? Dude, when you get people moving that big, you have to draft them. Shit, you could make Jordan Davis maybe an offensive tackle. He's so athletic. Marshall, I like the kid Ringo too. 
I do. Dude, that... I am not passing on... I get it. 13's... I thought 13 was high for him, though. I thought 13 was high. Now, again, the production angle and how people do things today, um, I, I just don't like all the rotating because you don't get a sense of production. Terrence says that Carter's not the impactful guy that... No, no. See, he's doing it wrong. He named a player versus a position. That's not right. He went, that's what Coach Terrence just did. That's a misleading, that's a misleading statement. He put a player's name versus a position. Carter's a better player than Witherspoon. And will have more impact in a football game than Witherspoon will, because he's better. Now, DT versus corner, you're right. Corner's more impactful. But that's the problem you get with people. They'll put a player's name versus a position and go like this. The corner's going to be more impactful than the player. Of course he is. Unless you're putting one of the better players at that position versus a corner pool, that's not how that works. Difference of opinion, coach. Your opinion, my opinion. We'll agree to disagree. Why? Hey, this kid's a great football player. And there's a reason he's been graded the top player in the draft. Him or Will Anderson. There's a reason. So wait a minute. Get this. Here's, here's, here's the issue that you have here. You'd rather draft a guy 5'10 and a half and take a gamble on Bryce Young who weighs 102 pounds and he's 5'10 and a half and you'd rather put him the number one overall selection? What's more of a gamble, Jalen Carter or a guy who is as small as a placeholder? Howie is always... That organization has won in Philadelphia because of one thing. They prioritize absolutely, like Yale says, both lines. Think about it. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, bringing in Hardgrave, Jason Kelsey, Malata, Lane Johnson. I mean, go down the list of all the great players. The two positions, the thing that the Eagles have dominated the league at they have done here. Let's do this. The Eagles last year had the best combination, once again, of D line and O line of any teams in the league. And that goes back to 2017. When you have that combination, you can't be beat. That team at 17 beat the Patriots up with both lines, beat them up. There was a white flag that was waved at the end of that game. A white flag. They beat their ass up. Marshall says, it's really nothing to discuss if we don't take him. If he slides, which I think he will, Dallas will take him and will face him for years. Yeah, that'll be a fact. So this is what you do too. Jalen Carter, 
Jordan Davis is two tackles with Milton Williams. Look at the little money you're paying for, in my opinion, that's an upgrade. You got cheaper and you created more of a, of a foundation in your tackles again for the next five years. Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter. This gives you latitude to go get a linebacker, to, to fix your secondary and move the pieces around. And in the process, like I said, with one more year on the extension for Jalen, you might be actually able to upgrade your defense. I think you upgraded your defense already with the coordinator. Cody says, I prefer a top D, DB at 10, even if Carter's there. So you would take the lesser player because of the position need and because there's more of a priority on corners. So you would pass on the better player. To draft a position of need is how you fail and sign Jalen Rager. You signed a better guy. And Philadelphia doesn't have a high success rate on defense in the draft. Who, in the last 20 years, has been an impactful player that they've drafted on defense? Let me think. Fletcher. Fletcher. Fletcher Cox. Rest of them dudes, they haven't had a high success rate on defense drafting. They have not. I mean, every position this past season was addressed in free agency. Brandon Graham's a good player. He's not elite. Brandon Graham's a fine ball player. I wouldn't put him in the top 10 defensive ends. Over the last 10, 15 years. I would not. He's a fine ball player. Fine ball player. Josh Sweat has a chance, Jeremiah. I think this year he made leaps and bounds in, in getting better as a three-down guy. Okay? Getting better. Seals, is it true that hard grade sign? Antonio, here, here's, here's the... Pre-March 15th, what players do and what agents do. The organizations legally are not allowed to talk to players. However, representatives can talk with teams, and they do. And they get a sense of this. Watch this. I'm not saying that the deal signed, but watch this. An agent will call up Seattle and go, hey, man, what are you, what are you thinking here? What are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for a defensive tackle to sign a contract at five years around $61 million. That number's a little light there, Hoss, because the Eagles put a number on the table for $51 million, and it's in the 60s, okay, for Hardgrave. That number's a little light. That's how they get around it. Is it tampering? Yes. But is it, as, as my boy Tone would say, technically, okay, <laughs> technically it's – it's, it's not tampering. 
But it's kind of tampering because, you know, who they're talking about. They just don't name names. That's how agents – I've talked to agents. I've talked to Lee Steinberg. I've talked to Drew Rosenhaus. That's how they deal with all this. And that's why you see these deals falling as soon as 4 o'clock hits on March 15th Eastern time. You start seeing these deals just start falling. You're going, holy cow, they've already got the deal worked out. They got the signing bonus worked out. Well, how the hell do you think they got there? How the hell do you think they got there? They got there because they already pre-negotiated the signing bonus and lengthy years in the framework of the deal. Everyone knows that. Where you get the steals is this. Because if you're not signed within that first 24-hour window, then you get agents and players starting to panic. Where am I landing? There's so few chairs. If you're not in that first window of free agents, and then say you're in that third window, then you're in trouble. Then you're going to take the best offer on the table. That's where Howie has really done a great job. Howie gets those guys and those agents to start panicking. Okay? When you start to see a diminished market for you, you start grabbing at the next best deal. Because you know there's only 53 dudes in a room that are active on Sundays, man. And your position, depending on what that team is, those chairs, they start disappearing quick around the league. And you start going to your agent, and you're calling him going, dude, day three here, man. I don't have a gig yet. What are we doing? Kansas City's got a deal on the table for 1.5. Holy shit, we wanted three. You ain't getting it. Sign it. That's how you land Kaiser White. Okay? Tampering. Really? <laughs> Come on, man. Tampering? What are you, crazy, man? Ain't no such thing. Those deals are going to fall. Here's, here's what I suggest, and here's what I'm predicting. Jordan Hardgrave is going to sign a contract. Boy, Seattle, Chicago, New England. New England, will they give that? They've paid that money. See, New England's got to overpay now because Brady's not there anymore. Two years ago, they spent $350 million in free agent money. Would they do that again? Maybe. Hardgrave, Minnesota, they got a ton of money. Bears have a shitload of money, though. See, if I'm a free agent right now, I want to play in Chicago. They got all the money. Um, the Giants have some money. I play in New York. <laughs> Dude, this is not about whether or not I fit in your system. This is about salary cap space. Well, Hardgrave will fit in Seattle. Yeah, well, I fit better in Chicago. Why? Because they got more money. <laughs> and they need me more. They were horrible against the run. Javon Hardgrave, to me, is a Chicago. That looks like Chicago to me. $18 million. $63 million, something like that he's going to sign. Probably there with Seattle. D dude, so wait a minute. Watch this. A deal's, deal's on the table and almost signed. He's probably got four of those deals almost signed and done. Then it's going to come out to the highest bidder. Gardner Johnson is an intriguing one because you know what most teams are looking at him as? They're looking at Gardner Johnson like this. You know, if we pay him as a safety. You guys remember Jimmy Graham tried to get wide receiver money? 
Remember he tried to get wide receiver money when he was down in New Orleans and they labeled him a tight end and, and organizations were using him in the slot and they were using him as a wide out. And it used to aggravate. I know Jimmy, Jimmy's a Miami hurricane. And, and, and he used to get so pissed off at teams. There were times that he would have more plays as a wide out in New Orleans than as a tight end. And he just got, he got more targets. He goes, why aren't you paying me as a wideout? Well, because you're designated as a tight end. You see, CJ is designated as a slot safety. And I'd be like this. Well, I would sign him for 14-4. And the NFL being the hemorrhoids they are, I'll put him over at corner, man. Save myself $3 million on my cap. That would be uncool. But since when is the league looking to make a deal for you? They're looking to do what's best for the organization. How many times are your GMs at the Combines telling you that now? Hey, we're going to do what's best for the team. You know what best for the team is? Signing C.J. Gardner-Johnson as a safety and playing him as corner is best for the team. Okay? That's what's best for the team. Not best for him. Got to remember that. So would teams go 14-4 thinking they got a deal on him? Probably. He's going to get a lot of looks, man. He's going to get a ton of looks. Cincinnati may pony up with that. Duke Tobin, they need help in the secondary after they lose Bates. I don't get that deal, though. So you're going to let go of Bates, but you're going to try to sign another corner or safety. I don't get that. You're probably going to draft one in Cincinnati because Bates is going to command a lot of money on the open market. Yeah, look at the cap space where your Eagle guys are going. TJ is going to get – TJ's probably right now probably got three deals on the table with his agent. I'd say between four and seven million with incentives, somewhere in that range. I would say Kaiser White probably has a limited market. He's probably going to be a day two or three dude. They're going to see how everything settles and we're – where guys land, Kaiser White's not a first-day guy. He's more of a second, third-day dude. Sayamalo's a first-day guy. Holy shit. Sayamalo probably has a deal on the table with San Francisco right now at $15 million a year. Probably. You put him on that line with Trent Williams, that center's pretty good. I'll tell you what, man. San Francisco got better. <laughs> So you improve that line along with the other line, man, San Francisco is going to be a force if they can figure that dude out at quarterback. I say he lands there. Um, Brad Barry's going to go to the Raiders, in my opinion. The Raiders have needed help in the secondary so bad, and they have some money now that Carr's going to be off the books. There's still going to be some dead cap money, but because, you see, you got to remember something, too. You see dead cap money. The new collective bargaining agreement that was agreed on a couple of years ago allows teams now to defer that money out. So if you've got a big cap hit from a guy like, say, Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz in Washington now, you could defer some of that money out over a period of time, and it won't be as devastating of a cap hit as long as you start renegotiating contracts on your team. 
then like the Terry McLaurin will probably have to redo his contract for Washington. If they're interested in getting Derek Carr, they're going to have to probably go down that route of redoing that contract. I would say Jonathan Allen's deal will probably have to be redone. They're going to get Chase Young back. He's still, I think, on a, I still think uh, Chase Young's on a rookie deal. I'm not sure. Um, see who else? Fletcher's. I think Fletcher will be a day two dude. Fletcher, you know what? Because Fletcher had seven sacks, 32 years old. He, he might want to wait until training camp. Okay, to see how everything lands after the draft. You see, that's also a factor in free agency. You know, I mean, if you're not taken on day one, do you know what that means? Some teams may just wait until after the draft to address it. And then they'll look at the draft and go, is there a guy in this draft here that's better than Bradbury at corner? Let me ask you this. Are you sold that Witherspoon's better than Bradbury at corner if you're the Raiders? Or do you get Bradbury now and pay the freight for it? How does that affect my cap? Who's going to be my quarterback? Is it going to be Rodgers? That's a $60 million hit to my cap now. So you got to put all that in there. Again, it's it's playing the money game along with the talent game and the need game. See, you might need a guy, but you may have to settle for a lesser guy at that need position. That's how this works. Hey, Sills, we need a corner. Okay, well, what kind of corner? Veteran corner, rookie corner, rookie corner. So you want to go cheaper then. That's my first thought. Eagles want to go cheaper on defense. Okay, fine. Who's playing your safety positions? So you're going to put a rookie corner out like they did in Kansas City. Obviously, that means to me you're paying your quarterback. Okay. What are you doing at linebacker? Nothing. (laughs) You're going to have a rookie corner, new set of linebackers, and a new set of DTs with a rookie at corner. I don't know. <laughs> that That's a lot of insecurity for me. If I'm Sean Desai going into mini camp and rookie camps, and then training camp. <laughs> that's a lot. Dean will play well. You sure about that? I'm not. What makes you... St- Dude, these people that think that Nicobe Dean's a good player, that's guesswork. And you keep throwing the word potential at me. And I keep throwing this back at you. You know what potential means? You haven't done it yet. Potential is you haven't done it. Nobody says Patrick Mahomes has potential. Nobody says Jalen Hurts has potential. Nobody puts the word potential around A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith because they are, and they've lived up to their potential. Jordan Davis, potential. The Kobe Dean, potential. It's a code word for, I don't know. Potential. I mean... It's the most overused word in professional sports. It's the most overrated word used ever. Potential. (laughs) Carson Wentz had potential. 
don't know with Nicobe Dean. We're still in the potential stage. Jordan Davis, we're still in the potential stage. This is why I like Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat is kind of climbing out of that potential stage. Okay? He's climbing out of that. Three-down guy, gets off blocks well, sets the edge pretty well, pass rushes pretty well. I'm good with him. He He's not Brian Burns, but he's kind of a cheap man's version of that dude. Getting better and better and better. He continues to flourish. Now, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Do you guys remember a dude by the name of Burt Grossman? He used to do television in Philly, and he was a friend of mine. And he played with the Chargers, and he had 20 sacks in two years. You guys, you guys, do, do you guys remember Burt Grossman? He did some TV also in the Philly area. I think he played for you guys a little bit. Okay? His first two years when he came out of pit, he had 20 sacks. They changed the system on him. He never duplicated those numbers ever again. So be aware of that. For Josh Sweat, how is he going to fit into Sean Desai's future? Okay, how does he fit in? Are guys going to get better or worse? Does this mean when you hire a guy like Sean Desai, does that mean that attracts Gardner Johnson more to come back? Or does that repel him? All of this plays into it, in my opinion. Okay? I mean, coach, I'll say this. Here, just to go on what Coach Terrence said a little bit about Jordan Davis, and I'll say this. He hasn't wowed me for the 13th pick, and he's right on that. He's, 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 he's not wild me. He's get this. And, and, and guys understand this. The wild me factor can't be a 40 yard dash. The wild factor has to be 11 sacks like Hardgrave. Running a combine drill should not be your best achievement. Well, Jordan Davis was awesome at the combines. That's not really talking football to me. Take it from a combine freak. Nobody had better numbers than me. Take it from me. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a long, lengthy NFL career. Okay? If you're telling me the greatest accomplishment so far in Jordan Davis's Brief NFL career is a 478 at 348 pounds. That's not an accomplishment. That's not an accomplishment. Okay? I want, hey, when I watch a player play, I want a wow factor. When I watch Sauce Gardner play, wow. Wow. That's a player. When I watch that kid Walker run the ball in Seattle, he's got a wow factor to him. You know, I'll say this to you. I don't think there's a player in this draft that's worth moving up 
into the top 10 for. And you're going to see people move up in the top 10. You know why? Because they're going to panic. Organizations like the Arizona Cardinals panic. The Jets panic. Okay? Carolina panic. The Jags used to. Doug won't. Belkey would. Doug won't. New Orleans has panicked twice this last year. Losing the one and then losing Gardner Johnson. Look at what they did. They rolled the dice on Honey Badger over Gardner Johnson and lost. The only way they got a first-round pick this year is because Denver sent them one. Because of Sean Payton. Mickey Loomis, the GM, knew he was at least getting that back. But he should have had two ones to address his quarterback issue. They, seriously, they, they're in holy hell, hell, salary cap hell too. So you're in salary cap hell. You're lucky you got a one back because of Peyton. I mean, that was a solid that Sean Peyton did in New Orleans, getting a one. Or that thing, boy, New Orleans is in a train wreck right now. I, I don't see New Orleans doing anything unless Aaron Rodgers lands there or Derek Carr. And you don't have the money for it. You just don't have the dough. Um, Jets did a great job. The wide receiver they got and the corner. Um, I think Joe Douglas is doing a great job except for one thing. They fucked up on the quarterback again, which has been a standard operating procedure in New York with the Jets. Who's the last decent quarterback they've had in that building? And don't tell me the butt, dude. Probably Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington? Joe Namath. Really? Uh, Vinny and Richard Todd, I guess, a little. But, I mean, since Namath, Richard Todd, Vinny, and Chad Pennington. And a little bit of Mark Sanchez. That's not a quarterback lineage since... You sign Namath the 65 or whatever it was. Since 65, you've had four quarterbacks. The Jets are notoriously, it's a landfill for you to go there and die if you're a coach or quarterback. You want to hear something even more? What makes the Eagles even better? Name me a quote. Can you name me a coach in New York Jets history that has a winning record as a coach in New York? Name me one. Name me one. There is one. And one guy had one year, and I don't count him. Can you name me one coach in New York's history since the Jets have been the Titans? To the Jets. Titans to Jets. One coach that has had a winning record. Tone nailed it. Bill Parcells. Al Groh had one year. He was nine and seven. The rest of them, including Weeb Eubank, who won Super Bowl three, all losing records. And Weeb Eubank was the coach before Shula in Baltimore that won those championships against the Giants. His legacy was set. He didn't, it didn't matter that he took on the Jets. It still mattered that he won two of the most significant games in the history of the league. The 56 title game, Colts and Giants, and Jets and Colts in Super Bowl three. Other than that, we Bubank, 
Okay. Parcells is the only guy. The Jets have been a train wreck. Joe Douglas is trying to turn that around. They need a quarter. Aaron Rodgers goes there or Derek Carr goes there. The Jets are somebody, I guess. The Jets. That's why I make fun of them. Jets fans are people that pull the scab off before it's healed every season. Every season they pulled the Band-Aid off the scab and it's never healed. And it's back to scabbing again. I mean, they're almost like Met fans. Okay, can I tell you what Met fan is? He's the guy every fall, or excuse me, in April that starts with the Met hat. Then as the fall comes, he turns his hat inside out and it's a Yankee hat. (laughs) That's who Met fan is. He turns his hat inside out in the fall and he's a Yankee fan. Hey, hey, I thought you had a Met hat on in April. I did. <laughs> oh, it's an inside reversible hat. Met fans have reversible hats. Yankee fans in the fall, Met fans in April. <laughs> that's why that's why a city like Philly, man, that's why they shit on organizations like the Flyers. Hey, congratulations. I never thought I would ever say this to Philadelphia sports fans. I didn't know that they moved Madison Square Garden to the Wells Fargo Center. Congratulations. What an embarrassing moment for your city. You had Ranger fans invade your property and your domain and turned it into Madison Square Garden South. Holy shit. The Flyers, Ed Snyder must be absolutely right now looking down and he must be shitting on that organization. I cannot believe, guys, I cannot believe that the Philadelphia Flyers are in the position, and I love torts, that they're in. It's a disgrace. It's not so much the melted ice every time the players step on it. It's the melted legacy that was there. Man, Ranger fans invading Wells Fargo. That's shit for the Rams. And other places with shitty sports fans, like all the L.A. fans. Not Philly. Man. Hey, seriously, they should should boycott that whole thing. Never go there again until you fix that shit. That's a disgrace. An utter disgrace. (laughs) Unbelievable. That's why the Eagles own that city. Phillies, too, got Dombrowski. There's no coincidence when you've got Dave Dombrowski running the Phillies and you've got Howie Roseman running the Eagles. Sixers sit around, and you know what? Sixers aren't going to win anything. Because you know why? They have an inbred culture that they lose, and it's cool to lose. (laughs) Come on, man. Hey, let's keep losing until we get all the first-round picks, and then maybe we'll win. And then we could draft Ben Simmons. (laughs) Yeah, okay. You, You got what you deserved. You put Sixer fans and Philly sports fans through hell so that you could draft Ben Simmons 
and Marcus fucking whatever his name was. Come on, man. You didn't want me to buy season tickets. Sixers and Flyers, man. I mean, who would have thunk that? Especially the Flyers. I want to tell you guys a story about Philly fans first. Do you know that, you know, for 15 years I was down in Tampa and every time the Flyers came down and whether it was at the Cow Palace or whether it was at the Trop or whether it was at the new place they have now, Flyer fans invaded Tampa and went into that place and made that place a hellhole for every Bolts fan there was. Do you want to hear something even crazier about Flyer fans and Philly fans? They have a rule in Tampa now. I was there when Jeff Vinnick bought the team, and then they went in there and they instituted a rule that they would never allow opposing teams to wear different gear on the lower bowl. It was because of Flyer fans. That rule was instituted. I was there when Jeff Vinnick bought the team. He was part owner of the uh, Boston's Red Sox. And Todd Lewicki, who was the president of the team, goes, we're not having any Flyer fans down there on the lower bowl or Red Wing fans or Ranger. Not having that. And it was always because of the Flyers. <laughs> now? That shit's embarrassing, man. Hey, listen. Top running backs to draft. You, that's a position that they have to take a look at, right? Can I do something here? I'm 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 gonna I made a list of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFC. Also, free agent running backs. Do you want to go free agent running back and spend money? Or do you want to go into the draft and get cheaper in the draft and your roster cheaper because you got to pay your quarterback? I got the list of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFC heading into the draft, free agency, and into mini camp and rookie camp. I want to do that. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Football show. I want to tell you guys something right out of the gate here. The Eagles have had a meeting and an interview with Keely Ringo of Georgia. I'll give you the insight on him. Um, he's great in pass coverage. He'd be a great blitzing corner. Um, athleticism off the charts. Doesn't have very good hands. Okay, if you're looking for high interception numbers, he's not going to be your guy. Doesn't possess the greatest hands and does get caught out of position. He's kind of like the guy digs in, in Dallas a little bit. Okay, so if you're Sean Desai and you're looking at him, you've got to not keep him in a box. Okay, you've got to kind of let him kind of work his way around and with a field because he's a field player. Okay, so if I'm going to make a comparison so you guys can put a face to it, he's a lot like that kid Diggs in Dallas. Okay? Don't put him on a rope. Don't put him in a box. Kind of give him a little latitude. He likes to cheat a little bit. Not the best hands. Okay, sometimes, you know, I wouldn't call him a great tackler. I think his hitting zone, I'll get a little more because people just told me that they interviewed him. Okay, and the, and, and by the way, the kid Diggs is a pro bowler. So, um, just a kid, you know, look. The Eagles are probably going to sit down and interview, I would say, 
30 people. So I wouldn't get caught up in one name. I mean, how many, how many times have we had people on here? I mean, Frank Wright interviewed Jalen Hurts. Um, Kevin Colbert, who was running the Steelers, interviewed uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts actually thought he was going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. So, you know, and sometimes, can I tell you what they do in the interviews? Just so you know, they'll interview one kid to keep you away from another guy. So don't, you know, read into what's coming out of the interview. I'm not saying that. But you know what a guy will do sometimes? They'll look at an offensive guard, and they're looking for a defensive tackle, and they'll draft that guy in the draft because they're trying to keep you far away from what they're doing because free agency is still around the corner, and they don't want to get these other teams kind of tea leaves to read. Does that make sense? Okay, like you, you may be interviewing a corner, but you're actually looking at a defensive tackle or an edge rusher right now, and you're, you're identifying like somebody that's in the draft, like the kid from Texas Tech, Wilson. And that may be somebody, you may not even interview him. You may wait to bring him into the NovaCare complex after the combines to have a conversation. So it's kind of like sometimes, again, this is a lot of smoke and mirror stuff here. A lot of misleading information is going to come out from now, free agency, and the draft. So don't, don't be sold. Somewhere in the middle, the truth is going to be. Okay? I mean, that's, that's pretty much – like teams that are – teams don't showcase what they're doing and their strategy at the combines. They try to be as covert as they possibly can. Okay, this isn't Washington, D.C. Okay, this isn't like the Trump files or Biden files where they're in your garage and everyone knows what's up. They're trying to mislead you as possible here. They're not showing you what their strategy is because that's what this is. This is strategy. See, the, the, the problem that the Eagles face here is they got their coordinators fixed, but the problem they have is Where's the money? What's the money? That, I think more so that's the question. What's the money? Now, remember something. How he has in the back of his mind. You know, and I keep telling you guys this, and I'm glad that people are starting to come around understanding this. Jalen Hurts is going to make $4 million this year, no matter what. If he signs a $50 million a year deal, or if he signs nothing. He's going to make $4 bucks this year. He's got one more year remaining. What they're talking about is the framework of the deal and the bonus. Okay? So the Eagles have one more year on this deal. Now, what they got to do is forecast, though. What's 2024 going to look like when Jalen Hurts' contract kicks in on the 20, 2024 on March 16th? Because then the salary cap goes into fact and goes into place and $50 million hits. Players on your team... Watch this. I'll make a prediction to you. I guarantee you next year, this time, okay, if they sign Jalen Hurts, the Eagles will be over the cap. I'll make a prediction they'll be over the cap. If they sign Hurts to a new contract that kicks in March 16th of 2024, they'll be over the cap. Not bad. A lot of teams with big money quarterbacks are near the cap number or over just a little or under. 
You can't constitute. It's 50 million bucks at 224. You can't keep all the 50 or 69 guys that you have on a team counting a practice roster. Okay. Got to start tapping their lines to steal their picks. Okay, let's do this. By the way, I got one question for you before we move on here. Um, And the best quarterbacks in the NFC as of today. Rodgers is still in the NFC, in my opinion. Um, You think Wentz is fixable? You think Carson Wentz is fixable? Take a look at these numbers. I asked the question, do you think Carson Wentz is fixable? Carson Wentz stats. His personality is atrocious. So is Aaron Rodgers. I get it. <laughs> poor, hey, poor comparison because that guy in Green Bay is great. I get it. Okay. Carson Wentz is 93 and 92 as a starting quarterback in National Football League. Um, actually, he's 46, 45, and 1. He's got a 62 6 completion percentage. He's thrown for 22,000 yards, 151 touchdowns, 66 interceptions. The last couple of years, 1,755, 11 touchdowns, nine picks. Indianapolis, 27 touchdowns, seven picks. Philadelphia year, 26, 20, 16, and 15. How old is he? He's 30. Had a year where he was 4,039 with 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Had another year where he threw for 33 touchdowns and led the NFL in quarterback percentage. Led the league in quarterback rating his second season in the league. Do you think he's fixable? Went to stats down like Watson. Well, before you start barking, Jalen Hurts has not had a season that remotely comes close to the best seasons that Carson Wentz has had. So before you start looking deeper into stats, I mean, he hasn't. This was a good year. This guy's had better years. And he's 30. Would I take Wentz over Hurts? No, not saying that. But your guy's not a prolific passer. Look at the numbers. They don't stack up. Now, numbers are deceiving. I got all that. Not debating this. I'm asking you a question about Carson Wentz, if he's fixable. What if Carson Wentz goes to Kansas City and Andy Reid? Five-star goes lies. Okay. Here's the truth. So they will put his face down. 4,039. One year. 37.82. Two years. 33 touchdowns, 27 touchdowns, 
27 touchdowns. He's had five years of better statistics than Jalen Hurts has ever had. Facts. Again, I'm not debating this. Jesus Christ, let's get off this. Is he fixable? If he goes to Andy Reid and sits behind Patrick Mahomes, where he knows he has no shot, there's no pressure, there's nothing there for it, do you think he can be resurrected? And maybe give the kid an opportunity to have a chance somewhere else. Do you think he could be saved? Can Carson Wentz be saved by Andy Reid? No, his ego would be destroyed being a backup. Yeah, but Marina, that's part of the growth. Know your role. Marina, sometimes you have to go through the ugly to see the light. And to me, hey, you're a backup now. Getting humbled might be the best thing in the world for him. Going to a place where he starts at a shitty place is not going to help him. It's it's not going to help him. You go to a place that's got Aaron Rodgers, or you go to a place that's got an established quarterback, you, you, you're being humbled. Maybe that's exactly what he needs. You take the year off behind Mahomes. You watch how Mahomes preps, talks to his team. Andy Reid deals with his player. You're telling me that wouldn't be beneficial to a guy who has physical talent. He's got numbers to show that he's done it. But there's something here going on. Or is he a guy that's just, he's 30. We're not talking about a 35-year-old guy here. We're talking about a guy who's got some talent. His numbers dictate that. He doesn't have a losing record as a quarterback. Is he a loser mentality? Probably. I mean, Washington didn't hate him. He just didn't win enough. He just didn't win enough, and he cost him too much. $28 million? Not going to work. $28 million for the production you gave the Washington Commanders is not going to work. Okay? Yale goes, why can't he stick? Yale, I just think that he has a mentality about him that he thinks he has to carry the team by himself, and he doesn't do the one thing that Jalen Hurts does. Jalen Hurts sees the field, sees the game. And I'll make the point to you, Yale, one of the most important things, I don't think Carson Wentz should retire. I think he should give it, keep going until they tell him no. And here's the one thing that I see the difference between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is running towards the sidelines. What will he do? He's not taking the loss. He'll throw the ball out of bounds. Carson Wentz will throw the ball into double coverage and get a pick. Where does that come from? Or a left-handed pass in his end zone. Dude, are you crazy? You know, when he was with the Colts, I might have seen the worst eight minutes of quarterbacking in my life by him. A pick six he threw with his left hand, and then he threw another one. And it was all in eight minutes. I said, I've never seen a quarterback with that high degree of talent 
played like that for eight minutes. It was terrible. And how many times I mean, I've had conversations about Wentz with, with, with Frank. Frank's like, it's, I, we, tried, we tried just coaching that out of him. It's impossible. I think you're born with that. You don't have to coach that into Jalen. I got a minus play heading my way. You know what Jalen does? Jalen figures a way to get out of the minus play. Wentz tries to figure out how he can make it a plus play. Hey, dude, there's a reason that there's punters in the NFL. Brady knows this. Hey, we didn't get the first down. Don't take a, don't take a penalty. Don't take a minus play. Don't take a turnover and live to live another day. He can't do that. Mahomes struggles from that a little bit, and Andy has to reel him in sometimes. Can I tell you this? I'll say this to you about Patrick Mahomes. The greatest thing ever happened to Patrick Mahomes was Tyreek Hill not being on that team anymore. It, it's the greatest thing because it made him be patient. It, it, it made him have to play the game like Jalen. Because you didn't have that super deep threat. What did he do? He turned that year into guess what? A record year. Most yardage in a single season, threw for 44 touchdowns, arguably his greatest year as a quarterback, and he won the Super Bowl MVP and regular season MVP. He was better without having Tyreek Kill. Can you imagine that? Wentz can't see that. But that's Reed coaching Mahomes into that. You got a lot to have. Massive faith in your head coach when you take a player off the field like Tyree Kill, and then you're better. Okay? PTB goes, why isn't Hertz's contract done? Because they wanted to get the coordinators in place. And they're not in a hurry. Can you imagine if Mahomes went to Chicago coaching that? Oh, my God. He'd be dead. Imagine if he went to New York with the Jets. He'd be dead. Okay? He totally would be. Dude, when you got coaches around you that buy into you, and the reason that Jalen Hurts is getting better, why is, why is it that Jalen Hurts is getting better? You think it's that stupid coordinator, Shane Steichen? What they did in I shouldn't say that. Let me back up on that. Steichen and Sirianni and Brian Johnson all went like this. We're gonna put an RPO system together for this guy. His decision making on a daily basis compared to Carson Wentz's, you can't compare them. Jalen Hurts' decision making on the field when he sees a play. And you run an RPO. Can you imagine running an RPO? Brady doesn't have to worry about the run game. Brady worries about the high safety or a linebacker or an end. Or the front that he sets with his offensive line. That's why Ryan Jensen, that loss was enormous. Because you know why? He set the out even front and pass protection. Jalen is smarter than Carson Wentz. Jalen has been through more. Okay. And by the way, I know that you guys keep losing over this fact. 
He's been coached better. Nick Saban, Lincoln Riley, Shane Steichen, his dad, Nick Sirianni. He's had a coach around him and Brian Johnson his entire life. Bill O'Brien, Steve Sarkeesian. These are all high-end coaches that have had an influence on him. It's not like this guy was coached like, do you guys even know who the college coach at Wyoming is that had Josh Allen? Look at the shitty coaching he got there. The best coaching that Josh Allen has ever had has been in Buffalo. Doug Peterson, thank you, Dank. So when people go, well, this is like going to be like another year that he's going to be in the same system, that is a total benefit. Not clouding over that. But dude, the coaching, pedigree, Saban, Nick, Peterson. Dude, dude, I mean, you, you have some of the best coaches in the NFL and the best coaches in college football around Jalen Hurts. And Jalen's taken all of that and used that to his advantage on how he sees the game. Wentz can't. Because he, North Dakota State, what do you learn playing against Little Sisters of the Poor or Helen Keller University? What could you possibly learn at North Dakota State? You think there's any coincidence that Trey Lance, one play Trey struggling in San Francisco? Who's he played? Do you understand that I had to actually YouTube Trey Lance's games because I, I I never saw the kid play. <laughs> Is that a real school? No, Yale, I made that up. <laughs> No, I made that up. Jalen's had great coaching, but Jalen's take full advantage. He's taken full advantage of that. Dude, the 49ers took Trey Lance. Dude, there's only one way to save the Trey Lance disaster. Can I tell you what that is? Brock Purdy works out. Because if it doesn't, the draft equity you got to move into the tool hole that you surrendered to the Dolphins. People should be fired over that. Okay? You better hope the Brock Purdy deal works out because that's the only way you save that. In my opinion, Trey Lance, his ceiling, you're hoping it's Colin Kaepernick. You're hoping. Watch this. Is Trey Lance better than Colin Kaepernick? Absolutely not. Not right now he ain't. Kaepernick was a force. He took a team to the NFC title game and won. And if the lights don't go out against Baltimore, they may win it. I mean, Trey Lance, if if, if you're John Lynch, you're hoping he's Colin Kaepernick. Because right now, he looks like Colin Farrell. <laughs> I mean, dude... Niners all damn day goes, finally get the chance to see what he's about. Really? Are you, what's this? You know what's crazy? John Lynch is kicking the tires on Tom Brady and making phone calls to him. He says, we may be looking for a veteran quarterback. 
What are you talking about? You got a veteran quarterback in Garoppolo, but now he's leaving. So get this, the Niners, look at their shitty decision-making at quarterback. Stupid pick in Trey Lance. Shit, you would have been better off with Mac Jones. You'd have been better off with Mac Jones. So you're going to let the guy who's 47 and 19 out of the building, who's taking you to NFC Championship games and won a bunch of games for you, go look for a veteran guy because Purdy's not going to be available. And you wasted all that equity to get into the two-hole to go get a retread quarterback. And you're letting Garoppolo leave. Dude, that's decision-making right there and why San Francisco hasn't won a Super Bowl since young. Right there. They've got every single component except the captain on the ship. They got a beautiful boat. They got all the stuff ready to rock, but they don't have the captain or they don't have the jockey. You know what it is more? They got secretariat with no jockey. Ron Turcott was on secretariat and was a brilliant writer for secretariat. That jockey is the guy that led that horse to water. Don't ever invest in the horse. Invest in the jockey. You, you, you have to have that. Haven't played enough games to call him a bust? Okay, well, who looks more efficient? Brock Purdy or Trey Lance? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Because to me, I'm talking about Mr. Irrelevant and one play Trey. <laughs> one play Trey. Dude, what if you put Tom Brady on that 49er team, that would be problems. That would be problems. Okay? One play Trey. Good grief. Okay? Hey, you guys want to look at the free agent running backs first, or do you want to look at – no, 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 I know what I'm going to do. We're going to look at the running backs here in a minute. And the reason I'm bringing this up, here are the quarterbacks that are going to be in the NFC as of March 2nd. Here's who the Eagles and 49ers and other teams have to maneuver through to try to get through to an NFC title game, potentially to Las Vegas in the Super Bowl. I've written these 10 guys down, and the 10th guy was a hard one for me to have to find. Here we go. The 10 best quarterbacks in the NFC on March 2nd are this. Number 10, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is the 10th best quarterback. And did you hear what the general manager of the Giants, what's his name, Shonen? Did you hear what he said today? It's very disappointing that we're so far away in negotiations with Daniel Jones and his people on a new contract. <laughs> I'm like, what? Daniel Jones and the Giants are far away in negotiations? I, I'd be, I, I'm sorry. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, Giant fans, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say I would not be that far away from negotiations. I would be very close to telling you to get the F out of my office, and I'm done with this. Because I'm wasting valuable time here. Okay? And, and, and Tone's like, I've never seen a more delusional quarterback than Jones. I compl- Dude, you talk about overvaluing yourself? I would even make this. Dude, do I, do, do I get Carson Wentz on a $5 million deal and bring him in over Daniel Jones? I mean, watch this. Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz? Probably Jones. Probably Jones. You know, you know what I mean? I mean? You know, probably? I guess. How about Brian Dable fixing Carson Wentz? He fixed Daniel Jones. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. If I'm Carson Wentz, I might go to the Giants with that coach. I might go there with him. He needs coaching. He turned Daniel Jones into a greedy dude. (laughs) I mean, Brian Dable must be hating himself. I made the guy better. Now he's shitting on us. This is crazy. So Daniel Jones at 10. Personally, I think he's a bum. Number nine. I know somebody is going to – you guys are going to go, Sills, really? Um – I got Justin Fields here. There's a Wentz, there's a Wentz quality, not a Wentz, excuse me. There's a Hertz quality about him. He wants to get better. 
but man, he's in a shitty organization for quarterbacks. Rex Grossman, Jay Cutler. <laughs> I mean, Cade McNown. Dude, dude, it's a it's a comedy show of quarter Doug Flutie. <laughs> um, I mean, really. I mean, does he have any chance of succeeding in Chicago? I don't know. You know, maybe if I'm him, I want to get out of Chicago. Kyle Orton. Dude, we could sit here and laugh for hours on the Chicago quarterbacks that have been in that city. We 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 could we we could have we we could laugh for hours on who they've had. Bobby Douglas, <laughs> Bob Avellini. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> oh, man. All guys wearing funky numbers like number 11. <laughs> hey, you see a quarterback, number 11, like and number 19, and like that kind of shit, right? Dude, funny shit, man. Look, I don't know, man. There's a quality. I, I think he got a little better. I think he got a little better, okay? And I think if they coach him like Jalen Hurts, let's see what happens this coming year. Get him a wide out. You know, get him a wide out. Get him. I mean, I'd love to see DeAndre Hopkins up there with him, see what that could do. Or maybe go into the draft and get somebody in the draft as well. You guys are probably going to think this is crazy, but I got Dak Prescott at eight. This guy has fallen so far for me. What Do I like Dak? Yes. Do I think Dak's a good dude? Yes. Do I think Dak's a good representative of the Cowboys? Yes. Do I think Dak's got talent? Yes. He owns the Eagles. Um, it's the only component that I think that's keeping his job in Dallas is that he beats Philly. Okay? He's got to win, though. He's got a $42 million, 40, no, it's $49.1 million number on him this year. Dak Prescott's going to make $49.1 million bucks this year in Dallas. <laughs> 49.1. I don't even know that, dude, Neil. <laughs> hey, oh, I know. Okay, you got me good. So he calls Dak Prescott. Dick Trash Cotton. <laughs> that sounds like somebody out of Dick Tracy, Neil. <laughs> Dick Trash Cot. <laughs> That's too funny. Who's the starting quarterback of the Cowboys? Dick Trash Cot. No, Dak Prescott. No, Dick Trescott in Philly. <laughs> Hey, 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 in Philly, his name is Dick Trashcott. <laughs> oh, guess who's coming to the link this weekend? The Cowboys are coming and Dick Trashcott. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, Neil, I'm stealing that from you, dude. That's too freaking funny, man. That's too funny. Dick Trashcott, a.k.a. Dak. <laughs> Michael, thank you, man. God, oh my God, that is freaking funny. Who's the quarterback for the Cowboys? Yeah, Dick Trashcott. No, it's Dak. That's what I said. 
Oh, man. McCarthy calling plays for Dick Trash God. I don't know. <laughs> because he's such in command of the Cowboys. McCarthy is a leader like Caesar, right? I feel comfortable going into battle. Why do I feel every time I go into battle with Mike McCarthy as my, as my leader that I feel like he's going to start crying? <laughs> hey, right, if, 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 I've, if I've got my general, General Patton, gets ready to go and he's storming the beaches of Normandy and he's in tears, I don't know. That's, that might bug me. If Mike McCarthy's in tears, I know with this, I get to, I'm going to be the play caller for you guys. You see what he said at the uh, combine today? I don't have any urge to want to have the number one offense in the NFL. I have no desire to have the number one offense. I was like, I mean, dude, <laughs> the Cowboys have Chris Farley as head coach, according to Tone. So Chris Farley's the head coach, and Dick Trashcott's the quarterback. Something for SNL. Hilarious. And the owner? And the owner's the guy on Poltergeist. <laughs> the guy in the hat on Poltergeist. Hey, hey, is she home? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Looks like the guy on Poltergeist. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> All right, let me move off of Dick Trascott. Crazy funny. Number seven, top ten quarterbacks in the NFC. What are the quarter? What are the Eagles going to do at quarterback? Well, um, Mark, we had Bruce Arians on. They need somebody that resembles Jalen. Okay, they need somebody that resembles Jalen, somebody like that that fits the profile. I got Jared Goff at seven. Can you imagine that? I got Jared Goff ranked ahead of Dak Prescott. Dude, the Lions might draft a quarterback, but Jared Goff is he's playing pretty good up there. The Lions. Hey, you know, what's funny? Everyone's like, Matthew Stafford's this great quarterback, and he's had, let me think. So he's had Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup in his entire career, correct? He's won one Super Bowl, and he was horrible in Detroit. I don't know. This guy, this guy, Goff, he's got to be 30. He's got an NFC title. He's turned the Lions around. I feel pretty good with him. I'm all right with him. I got Geno Smith at six. Top 10 NFC quarterbacks on March 2nd here. I got Geno. Who would have thunk it? You think he could do it again? Think he could do it again? We'll see. Here are the top five quarterbacks now on March 2nd heading into Free agency, the combines. By the way, linebackers and defensive linemen are running right now. Um, I got Kirk Cousins, Dak's cousin. 
at number five, puts up great numbers. Hey, you want to hear what the general manager and what the head coach said about this? Is Hey, here's an eagle. Here's an eagle knife to the heart. What's the number? I got the number. Hold on here. Somebody gave me the number. What's that number for Justin Jefferson? I wrote it down. Somebody told it to me last night. Shit. Oh, here it is. Justin Jefferson, they're working on a contract for Justin Jefferson, who has over 4,700 receiving yards in three years. It's the most in league history. Between 28 and 30 million annually. <laughs> Between 28 and 30 annually, Justin Jefferson is going to sign a contract extension. That's always Howie's boy, man. Well, hey, and better yet, if he goes to the Hall of Fame, too. Oh, and, and, and here, I want to throw one thing at you here about the Jordan Davis deal. 2021 NFL draft. Let me, let me, let me ask you this question here. Let me ask you this question here. Okay. 2022 draft, excuse me. 2022 NFL draft. According to what Let me ask you this here. Let me see here. Player selections. Okay, here we go. Let me go down to where Jordan Davis was taken. All right, let me ask you something here. This is just this is just kind of off the cuff here a little bit. If Tyreek Hill is getting 30 million, Jefferson will get between 30 and 32. Do you think that Chris Olave could have helped the Eagles win the Super Bowl instead of Jordan Davis? Yes or no? Do you? Probably wouldn't have drafted a guy. Okay. You think um, Dotson, who went to the commanders after Davis, do you think he could have helped the Eagles win the Super Bowl?
You think Devin Lloyd could have helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl? How about Christian Watson? How about Kenny Walker, the kid in Seattle? This feels like a trap, but I love it. <laughs> Tone. <laughs> How about George Pickens? How many people think George Pickens could have helped the Eagles win the Super Bowl against Kansas City? You think George, you think George Pickens, the Georgia wideout? He was taken in the second round. Think he could have helped him? <laughs> I'm going to stop this game. I think I'm making, <laughs> I think I'm going to stop this game. <laughs> I could have picked a couple of guys to help me win. All those receivers you mentioned would have caught that Quez drop. Absolutely. It's kind of my point. All better than Quez. The defensive end is shit. McDuffie. McDuffie in uh, Kansas City, too. Kevin? <laughs> oh, wait, I'm not done yet with my quarterbacks. Dude, I got Kyler Murray at four. I don't know why, but I do. I guess because the rest of them are not as good. I just got Kyler Murray at four. I got Matthew Stafford at three. Won a Super Bowl, see what he does this year. <laughs> Neil goes, why? I don't know. <laughs> I got Jalen Hurts at number two. And I got Aaron Rodgers, number one. So look who really Jalen has to go through in the NFC. Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, the only quarterback in the NFC that's better than him is Aaron Rodgers. That's it. This guy here, again, you know, they're going to drop off in talent defensively. But his road to this game again, this NFC title game, who are they? I mean, I guess we're Derek Carr lands and we're if Rodgers gets out of the NFC, who's the biggest threat to Jalen Hurts on being the best quarterback in the conference? If if if, if I mean and, and and it's watch this. So here's the most insane thing. Aaron Rodgers is battling it out with Jalen Hurts. Aaron Rodgers used to battle it out with Tom Brady. With with Drew Brees and who the best guys in the conference were. 
Now it's Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford, Kurt Cousins, and Dak Prescott. The quarterback play in the NFC. You, 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 I mean, you don't have to go through a tough road. There's nobody on that list that, again, except for the top two dudes. The rest of them, Kirk Cousins in a big game. Okay. Yale goes, Rodgers is done. And in the last three years, he's got two MVPs. I don't know. I want to, hey, yeah, I'll tell you what. If he puts another shitty year back to, let, let me see what a shitty year. Let me see what a shitty year for Aaron Rodgers is. Now let's compare that to Hurts. Because he, let's say this Rodgers had a shitty year. Aaron Rodgers stats. Aaron Rodgers stats. Let's see what a shitty year is for Rodgers. He played in all 17 games. He was 64-6 completion percentage. Man, that's down for him. 3,700 passing yards. 26 touchdowns, 12 picks. 91 quarterback rating. So his worst year is Jalen's best year outside of the turnovers. And he threw the ball 542 compared to 425 and had 350 completions. That's his worst year in 14 years. That's a bad year. I don't know. (laughs) Most teams would take them stats. 27 touchdowns, 3,700 yards. Most teams would take that. I mean, Jalen's an elite passer. Not by the numbers, he's not. Those stats don't mean shit. (laughs) Okay, then neither does Jalen's. Neither does his, then. Hurts obviously runs more than Rodgers. And? And? Are you not comparing Aaron Rodgers to Jalen Hurts to Aaron Rodgers, are you? I mean, right now, it'll be interesting, again, once once they start ripping that, oh, and and hey, and, and by the way, I hope they pay. And hey, Tone, I hope they give Jalen Hurts $50 million now. I hope they give him $50 million because then we're going to find out if he's Patrick Mahomes. The more money they give him, the more he's going to have to be like Mahomes with lesser team. Once he starts making 50, He'll never be on a team like he was. Here, I'll make this. I'll make this prediction to you. After that contract kicks in in 2024, he'll never be on a team like he was in 2022 ever again. Ever again. 
Chris goes, I already know Hurts is a great quarterback. Did you also know that Wentz was a great quarterback after he helped get your team to a Super Bowl win and you paid him? Did you know that too, Chris? Eagles did. Chris, did you, did you, did you know that Wentz was elite and he was good? I'm sure you did. Or are you trying to change history and say you didn't after the Eagles and he played an MVP year? Mm. Well, then how come every single season to statistic, Wentz owns him? He's your all-time passing leader for a single season and almost every stat. That's right, Yale. What makes somebody elite is not one year. He wasn't elite the year before. He was common. He was carried to the playoffs. This last year, he was the engine. Absolutely. One year doesn't make you elite. Consecutive years of consistency, that's elite. Not one-year wonders. Do I think Jalen Hurts is a one-year wonder? No. But that's all we have to go by now is one year. And that's not a $50 million price tag for me. But when they pay him that, he will have to be the guy in Kansas City. That is an absolute fact. And that's on the horizon. Like it is for every organization that has to make that critical decision. Small town says one year makes you elite. Is he right? Carson Wentz had one brilliant year. I guess you guys, that's your barometer, right? It's Carson Wentz. Okay. Not a problem with that. According to small town, one year's elite. The truth goes, he's elite right now. Oh, so elite is not consistency for you, right, Truth? It's one year. It's a few games. It's a few moments. Interesting. I, I, I see elite a little different. Like what Mahomes' resume is right now is elite. Is Josh Allen elite? Mm, not yet. Is Burrow building an elite resume? Yes. Two straight AFC championship games. Super Bowl. He's getting there. I want to see what he does when he starts getting paid and they start having to get rid of guys because they're going to have to start getting rid of guys in Cincinnati too to pay that dude. And he's up for a contract too. I want to see how that works out. Okay. That's one thing Peter's right on. Wentz is a champion. Hertz isn't. That's a fact. Good call. Never thought of it that way. Wentz is a champion. You don't win the Super Bowl in 17 without Carson Wentz playing the way he did that year. You don't. You don't have home field advantage. If if Wentz doesn't play that well that year, like your guy played this last year, you don't win the Super Bowl. Oh, you think you did? If, if the Super Bowl and home field advantage doesn't run through Philly, you think you win the Super Bowl still? 
Wentz was a champion to- <laughs> towel boy. Well, he's got a Super Bowl ring. It says Philadelphia Eagles on it. Jalen's got an NFC championship ring that says second place. <laughs> second place. <laughs> uh, he's got a second place ring. Wentz has a first place ring. That, that happens to be. Wait, wait a minute. A, a tone. Technically true. If the playoffs don't run through Philly, we don't win the Super Bowl. We don't even make it there. Let's be real. Greed. See, according to some of the guys on Elite, one year makes you elite. You can't debate some of the things with some people because they must obviously thought Carson Wentz was elite. Jalen won a playoff games, though. <laughs> I don't care. Wentz has a Super Bowl ring with his name on it. And finished second in the MVP voting, too, that year, by the way. So funny, isn't it? All the things that 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 Hurts went through this year, Wentz went through and actually got a ring. Interesting. Finished second in the MVP ranking, ratings that year. Probably should have won it, too. Yeah, that's right. Wentz was second in the MVP voting. They won the Super Bowl. And he's got a ring and an NFC champion. Uh, pretty interesting. All the things that Jalen went through. Huh. Do you think we go to the NFC championship game? I want to see what they do, Dress, in free agency. And I want to see how and who they bring back and in the draft before I make that assessment. I think the offense is going to be really good again this year, though. Okay? They gave the water boy a ring. <laughs> and he finished the water boy finished second in the MVP voting. Oh, I see. After the fact, right? Ray Joseph, after the fact, he's a bum. Back then, no. Oh, he's the saving grace. Here's a contract extension, 38 million. This guy's elite. He's a franchise guy. Now he's a third, right? All right. <laughs> one year. Some Eagle fans think one year makes you elite. How funny is that? I love it how you go like this. One sucks. Oh, wait a minute. He couldn't have sucked. For the second two, like Jalen did in the MVP voting. How's that possible? Oh, man. They want to ban our play. I, I know. Hey, GT. <laughs> hey, GT. If can't, what, watch this. If Kansas City had come up with that rugby scrum play, or let's see, who else? Pete Carroll or Belichick? No, if Belichick came up with it, they'd have banned it too. But if Andy Reid or Sean Payton or Kyle Shanahan had come up with the scrum play the Eagles run to perfection, they'd be like innovative, unbelievable. Coach thinking out of the box. But because it's the Eagles, they're like this. Got out of this thing here, man, no good for football. It sucks. It's not really a football play. That's not a football play. Pushing the guy. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm like, hey, okay. What are you gonna? Hey, what are you gonna do next? Ban the hell Mary pass? Right. <laughs> hey, that's not really football either. Yeah. Well, neither are shootouts in hockey. Things suck. Shootouts in hockey. Whatever. The body, 
but the bodybuilding podcast goes, come on, man. Hertz has been elite at every level. Really? He got fired in Alabama. Got his ass destroyed by Joe Burrow in LSU and Oklahoma. Elite where? Well, what, last year he had one good year. Your definition of elite is not, he's never, if he was elite, he'd been a first round pick. Even the Eagles knew he wasn't. Even the Eagles knew he wasn't. If he was elite, he'd be a first-round pick. That's not elite. With no defense. Okay, Oklahoma, I give you that. <laughs> Alabama, what was why did he lose his job at Alabama? Because he wasn't accurate. And the coach didn't believe in him. That's more on Saban failing, though, to coach him right. He didn't want to take see. Saban didn't want to take time to coach Jalen because he had another guy behind him. Bodybuilding podcast. Nick Saban's going around now kissing Jalen's ass. At the end of the day, he didn't want to take the time to coach him. So he benched him. Imagine that. Nick Saban, the great, the great college coach and evaluator of talent, didn't want to coach the kid. That just shows you he's more of a recruiter than a coach. That's why he failed in the NFL. Look at that. Nick Saban failed in the NFL because of why? Of the Jalen, of exactly why Jalen Hurts was benched in Alabama. He didn't know talent. He 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 couldn't, he didn't have the patience to coach players. He's a great recruiter. He's not a great coach. Nick Saban's not a great coach. Or the whole situation between Jalen and Tua Tuck of Viola would have been different. He sat there and looked at Tua and said, he's more accurate. We're going with him. Benched him in the middle of the national title game. Benched him. Just threw two in. He's more accurate. We're out of here. That was the end of Jalen Hurts in Alabama. Instead of being coached with all those great coaches, he didn't want to take the time to coach him. Now he's going around saying, it doesn't shock me. He's the guy he is and this and that. What a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, truth. Jalen's improved. Why? Hard work and coaching. Yes. The thing I just said that they failed at Alabama. Jalen went underrated? Yeah, where did that start, bodybuilding podcast? Alabama. Where did the notion that Jalen was an elite quarterback start? True. Uh, uh, Yale. Where, where did the notion, and who put the tag on Jalen, that he wasn't elite? Where did that first rear its head? That people looked at Jalen and said, you know, he's not really a frontline guy. Who started that? Who started that? Where did that take place? Where did that take place? That started in Alabama. Jalen Hurts has never been considered elite in college. Good. You know who he was in college? Tommy Frazier with an arm. 
That's how they saw him. Even the Eagles, when they drafted him, they drafted him as a seatbelt for once. They didn't draft him anymore or any way other than that. And as I've said to you many times, 90% of the people in that market hated the second round pick. Sills, how long do you think Bryce Young will last in the league? Boy, Joseph, 5'10 and a half, 180. 5'10 and a half, 180. I never thought I would ever say this. Watch this. I'm going to take my chance on C.J. Stroud, and I hate all Ohio State quarterbacks. I'd rather take my shot at him. Okay, at least he's a prototype. I think, like Sean Payton does, I think when you are drafting in the first round and you've got a top 10 pick, I think you got to go prototype. I don't think that you could take some gamble on some schwimp like that. Dude, do I think Bryce Young's a great football player? I Here, who was the kid that played at Florida State, Yale? that I think didn't lose any games. Maybe he lost one game. Who was the guy that played for the Knicks? What was the guy's name that played for the Knicks? Um, FSU guy. Played with Derek Brooks. Um, who was the guy's name? Charlie Ward. Thank you, Kevin. Okay? Charlie Ward. Okay? People looked at him, and they were like, man, I don't know. He's... He's he's not that big a dude. You know, at least he was taller, but he wasn't that big a dude. Okay, and everyone was like, man, they were going to draft him in the third round. This guy, Charlie Ward, was a massive winner at Florida State. Seriously, I think he lost one game in three years. He's one of the greatest college football co- uh, quarterbacks ever in college. And I thought he had great skills. I just, I'm like... 510 and a half, 180. Am I going to make that guy? And remember something. People go, well, you know, guys that are under six feet and six feet, all, there's some guys that have succeeded in the league. Yeah, but nobody was the first pick. You know, there's only one first round pick that's a guy that's six foot or under that has made it. Breeze wasn't a first rounder. Flutie wasn't a first rounder. Sonny Jurgensen wasn't a first rounder. Fran Tarkenton wasn't a first-rounder. Kyler Murray's the only guy. There's nobody that's been drafted like that, that's six foot or under, that has had success at quarterback. And you want to make him the number one overall pick? I don't know. (laughs) Coach goes, Bryce Young is elite. I'll tell you what. He's got elite ability. He has far below elite um, mechanics. And I don't mean mechanics where he doesn't have a touch pass. Though, 5'10 and a half, name me a guy in the league 5'10 and a half that's not a wide receiver, 180. Are there wide receivers in the league 5'10 and a half, 180? Shit, man, most receivers are 200 pounds, 195. Are there any corners 5'10 and a half, 180? I, he, he he would be the smallest dude in the league at any position, not just quarterback. Good luck, man. I just, 
Yale goes, he needs to get back in the gym. Yale. I mean, he, he, he should hit his mom. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can fix this, dude. Smith is six feet, 170. Okay. I've seen wide receivers like that succeed. This guy's 5'10 and a half. Devontae's bigger. Dude, the gym won't help him. Stetson Bennett will not be drafted. He'll be a UDFA, undrafted free agent. You're talking physical stature? Well, you kind of need that in the NFL. You kind of have to have some size to you. I mean, you're not playing badminton, or we're not sitting here talking about shuttlecocks. That's the bird that goes over the net. (laughs) In case you guys were asking, what's a shuttlecock? It's the thing that badminton, you know, you hit the thing, and it's kind of like the bird, and yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Warwick Tunn was also on that day. He was, man. His career is up in the No, 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 no. Yeah, someone's going to draft him. Hey, I got to take a timeout, don't I, Tone? Holy cow, I've blown past it a little bit. I want to look at the undrafted running backs for the Eagles to look at. Or no, the free agent running backs, excuse me, and some of the potential draft running backs that are going to be heading into this draft. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. 
We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. How tall is Jeff Garcia? Jeff Garcia was an undrafted quarterback. We're talking about the first pick in the draft, Little City. Light City. We're talking about the number one guy in the draft. Yeah, Jeff Garcia, great. 5-2? I don't care. First pick in the draft? No, thank you. Who cares? They didn't, he was an undrafted dude. I think he played where Santa Clara or San Jose State, somebody like that. Number one pick in the draft. What's his measurables? Oh, he's 5'10 and a half, 180 pounds. Excuse me? What is that? What are you talking about? What, what position does he play? Is he a receiver at least? No, he's a starting quarterback for your franchise. Okay, so I'm going to go from Deshaun Watson at 6'4, 250 pounds. To what now? 5'10 and a half, 180? Holy cow, it's like his little brother. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, that guy would look funny sitting on Deshaun Watson's knee. Be like a ventriloquist. Holy cow. Who is this? This is uh, Bryce Harper. <laughs> hey, let, hey, let's take a look at those quarterbacks that are coming out of Alabama lately. Let's see. Mac Jones. Mm. Tua banged up. Hey, by the way, you think the Dolphins should pick up the option on his fifth year? Okay. You think he should pick up the option? I don't know, man. I don't know. Hey, do you think you should pick the option up on on scrambles. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I said that. Come on, man. Mm. Man. You know what, though? Think about it. What do you, what's your options? If you get Lamar, Joseph goes, they better get out while they can. My problem with the whole thing would be, what if he gets hurt again, man? I don't want that on my watch. Watching a guy float around there, man. He can't get through a season. Hey, it's one thing to be injured, like elbows, knees, you know, even Carson Wentz stuff. But to have concussions continually. I was checking out Devon Witherspoon. He's pretty small, six foot 183 compared to Gonzalez and Porter. 
Yeah, but he put, can I tell you something? No. D Mad, you know who he reminds me of? Remember Bob Sanders that was in that uh, Colts defense? He plays like that guy. Would you like to have Bob Sanders patrolling your secondary? Boy, I would. Remember Bob Sanders? You guys remember Bob Sanders? Played for the Colts, played for Tony. That guy reminds me of Bob Sanders. Dan, would you trade? Would you trade um, Slave for Ramsey? I would if I didn't have to give anything up. But I don't like that. Co- I don't know how much Ra- Ramsey makes. Then again, he can't make more than Slay, can he? He might, though. Man, they gave up like three ones for him. The Rams gave up a ton of threes to the Jags for him. Bob Sanders is a good ball player, man. And that's who this kid, Devon Weatherspoon, reminds me of. He reminds me of that guy. Now, remember something with Bobby had one problem when the way he played, remember? He hit dude so hard, he injured himself. And he missed a lot of ball games. I think he played his college ball at Iowa. So he's a Big Ten guy. If I'm not mistaken, Tone, I think if I'm right, I think Bob Sanders played his ball at Iowa. And I think he's a Big Ten dude, too. And uh, he played in that conference. If I'm not mistaken, I think Sanders was a Big Ten a Big Ten guy. Nolan Smith just ran a 4-4-4. Wow. Mm. Yeah, Bob Sanders would put a hat on somebody. That's exactly right, Ray. He could play, man. And I, this kid reminds me kind of that. Yes, Iowa. But Bob had a head. But Bob had, Bob had head and neck issues constantly, unfortunately. Yeah, it was his size. He was not the biggest dude. And he just threw his body around. He flew into guys. Dude, the guy's on his own team. I forget. What was the guy, the linebacker's name? Brackens? Um, and Dwight Freeney, who's a Connecticut guy, told me every time, man, they were in a pile and he'd come flying in there. Man, he hurt his teammates more than he hurt the opposing team. He's just flying in there. Every time they come out of the pile and he's like, bro, you're killing. Or that guy, Cornette, Coriette, the kid from Texas A&M that played linebacker there. He'd be like, this guy, man, he flies in, he breaks your body up. Um, now, uh, Rod Woodson, Rod Woodson played at Purdue because he ran track at Purdue. He was a high hurdler at Purdue. Woodson played at, and uh, Charles um, Woodson played at Michigan. So, um, yeah, Rod Woodson's a Purdue guy, and Charles Woodson is a Michigan guy. Tony Brackett's could play. He was a good ball player too, man. 5'8", 280. Guy was a heat missile, man. All right, let's do the um, – let's do the draft running backs. Now, let me ask you this. What's a priority out of 128 possible games played in his career? Sanders only was healthy to play 50 of them. Wow. Terrible. Wow. What's a priority on running back you think for the Eagles? What's the priority here? What's the priority? How high? 
scale of one, scale of one to ten. What's a what's a what's a priority? Wow, Van Ness, the kid from Iowa ran a four six four. Beal just ran a four five three. It's backers and D linemen right now. Let me do this here. Brenton Cox, defensive line, four eight five. Not bad. Let me give you guys the rundowns because this could be a position that the Eagles. This is the kid from Florida. I actually like this kid. High range, great, great arms. He's got great wind spang. His first run, he ran a 485. He ran a 488. For an edge guy, not quick enough for me. 488 for D end. I would say Josh, Josh Sweat probably runs a 445, four, four, 46. That's a little slow. Actually, he's faster than Boza. Boza ran a poor 40? Wow, I didn't know that. Nick, too. Huh. Okay, they went to commercial. I want to go. We're going to go back to that. We're going to go back to the draft, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. Wow. Um, how 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 much of a in how much of a priority do you think this is? What did you guys say? Five? Here, here's the running backs that are in the draft. Bijan Robinson, number one, six foot two twenty. He's a first day kid, okay, which means you could see him go anywhere in the draft on the first round. He could go high, he could go middle. I don't believe he'll be a top ten kid. Now this kid's interesting. The kid from Michigan, Blake Corum. He's a second day guy. 58210. He's a second day dude. Productive. Do running backs out of the Big 10. Is there a lot of production um out of the running backs from the Big 10? Let me think. Eddie George, Le'Veon Bell. Who are the Big 10 running backs in the game today? Penn State guys. Barkley and Miles. So it's a good conference for backs. It's always been. Um, 5-8-2-10. A little small for me, especially since the problem that the Eagles had, I thought, was red zone running. I don't want my quarterback running red zone. You know? Zeke, Ohio State, Melvin Gordon. Oh, Melvin was okay and overdrafted. I never thought he was. I think he was. I think the Chargers, if I'm not mistaken, Sean, I think the Chargers moved up to 16 to get him. I never really thought he was that guy. I, I, I'm talking more about the guys that are in the game right now. I know Robert Smith and I know Keith Byers and I know all those guys played. I'm talking about right now because it's a different Big Ten today than it was back then. You know, hey, do you guys know why the Big Ten is different today? This is a little controversial. Should I say it? 
Why do you think the Big Ten is a lesser conference today than it was back in the day? Jonathan Taylor, that's a great one from Wisconsin. Paul goes, because the SEC. Paul doesn't expand on that. Why? Paul, why the SEC? Paul, expand on that. Chris says coaching. Big 10 was based off of running back, recruiting issues. Vlad, what do you mean by that? SEC takes all the top recruits? No. From the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, 80s, and 90s, integration, all the great players like Bubba Smith and all the great Southern players had to play in the Big Ten. The Big Ten had all the great black players along with the Pac-12. Back then, Pac-8. Now, the Southeastern Conference, all the kids can stay home. They could go to Mississippi State. They can go to A&M. They can go to LSU. The SEC didn't have a lot of black players in it for decades. And so when the SEC finally opened up their eyes and their minds, all the kids in the Southern region and in the West all stayed home. Why? I mean, outside of Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, what's the Big Ten today? Good good conference, decent teams. Coaching's good. Players aren't as good. All of them are in the Southeastern Conference and in the West. They opened their eyes finally. That's why Mississippi State, Mississippi, Georgia, um, LSU, Tennessee, Kentucky, all these programs now are winning. You know, it's funny. The only one that doesn't win still is Vanderbilt. <laughs> right? Yeah, remember something. Penn State wasn't always a Big Ten school. They were independent. Okay? Yeah, he's a Michigan State kid. I'm not saying you don't get any. But look at the how, – how about this? When the draft is said and done – let me know how many SEC players are drafted compared to Big Ten guys. And then that's all you need to know. Vanderbilt is a wonderful campus. Here, let me let me, let me me go back over. I'm, I'm, I ended it at Quorum from Michigan. I like the kid, but not a lot. I don't like his size. This is this Thomas Income kid. 481, not bad. One six in this 10 yard split. So far, Nolan Smith has run the best 40 yard dash. This kid right here is a late round guy. His name is Taylor Lacey. Pretty productive kid. Um, I like the coaches at Oklahoma State, and they're they're pretty good at producing some defensive linemen. His first 40, he ran a 5-1-5, not good enough. This kid will be a fifth or sixth rounder somewhere in there. Looks good. There's Aaron Glenn, Lions defensive coordinator. This is a really great test to see some of these kids. He looks he looks good. 
I didn't know you got a restart. Uh, no way. Not for me. Explosion's not there. Not happening. Ran a 519. No. You ain't going high in the draft of 519. <laughs> now, this kid here. There's Howie Roseman. Holy cow. Big Howie just got a shot on the NFL Network. There's Big Howie. There's one of his assistants. Oh, my God. Look at the Holy Eagle Brasser there. Isaiah Land. Howie's in the building. Just saw Howie. 4-7 flat for this kid, Isaiah Land. Really lean. Four six six, about six four. That's pretty good. Keep an eye on this kid. Four seven, four six six. Got better. One six five in a split. Kids out of Missouri. Now this kid Isaiah McClure is out of Missouri. These some pretty good looking talented kids here, man. I, I went to the Combines once with Al, and we're sitting here looking at guys like this, and we're sitting, and we're putting all of our notes down. And then what you do at the end of the day, you put all the notes together, and you see which guys match up the most, and those are the guys you identify. That's what they're doing. There's three people with sheets with the Eagles right now. They'll put them all together. They'll see if they co coincide with one another. Four, eight, four, corner. I mean, defensive end. No way. Four eight six. There's Gus Bradley. He's the new Colts defensive coordinator. No Gus Well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I like that kid from UCLA. I'm gonna get to him here in a minute. Here's this kid from Michigan. Mike Morris. No way. Five flat. Kiss my ass. Um, I like the kid from Pitt. Cody, he's just, you know, he he he's I like the kid from Pitt. I think he's from Penn State. I don't mean not from Penn State. I think he's from Pitt, Cody. Um so I stopped at Corum. Corum. How about number three on my list is Zach Charbonneau, UCLA, 6'1", 220. He's a second-day dude. Um, Played in chip system. Would you be all right with a Chip Kelly guy? <laughs> How about a chip guy? He's a second. Most of these running backs are second-day guys. So you can get him on the second day here. Oh, Caleb Murphy's going to run. Let's see what he does. He did a 4 8 in the. This is D-Lineman. I like this kid, Murphy. Come on, kid. 
486. Not bad for a DT. 172 split, not quick. You know, you want to see the guys in between 1.6 and 1.65 for your 10 yard split, because that means you got quickness off the ball. Dude, Jordan Davis was a freak show. <laughs> I think he did a I think he did a 155 split. He was a freak. <laughs> Number four, I got this kid, um, Jameer Gibbs, Bama, 5'11", 200. Little tiny for me. Chris Johnson, you think he's like that? No way. Chris Johnson from Memphis, that kid? Guy who ran a four flat 40? There's Brian Goodykist, general manager. <coughs> Excuse me. For the Packers. Dude, you got all the star general managers out. You know why? Because just like the Eagles, the people that know football know this is where you win ball games. I like Gibbs too. Coached in a good system. Been coached by really good coordinators. Um, how about this kid, Sean Tucker from Q's 5'10, 210, another day two guy. Number six, I got Tank Bigsby, Auburn, six feet, 213, another second day guy. Number seven, Devon Aki, Texas A&M, 5'11, 185, too small for me. This kid's a horse, this old Miss kid. Wow. 472. These are spectacular times. I'll tell you what, here's the difference from my era to now. These kids are all 4748. You didn't have guys like Jerome and me running four eights like that. That was unheard of. That's why our speed back in the day. We were so dominant because we were so quick and fast. Nobody had 300-pound defensive tackles, four of them that ran under four nines and 300 pounds. I mean, Jerome ran a 4.8 at 3.10. This is 35 years ago. And I was 2.92, and I ran a 4.81. Cortez ran. A 4-9 at 3.30. Um, Russell Maryland ran a 4-9, 4-8, something like that, at 2.95. These were all guys that played with me. These guys today, Yale, every one of these guys, though, man, are like 4-8, 4-7-2, 4-9. This is where you see the athleticism and the kids today versus the kids in my era. Most guys in my era ran five flats, five ones. The kids at Miami were different. That's why we we beat everyone. We our entire deal, our DNs, Kevin Fagan and Danny Subs, they ran four fives. The two tackles in the middle at 300 pounds ran four eights. I mean, you couldn't, it'd be hard pressed to find a line like that today. Only at Bama and Georgia are you gonna find that. This kid right here from Tennessee, this 
this Brian Young ran a 4-5-1. He's an edge rusher. He, I thought he had a great game um, against, um, against Alabama. I, I would think of taking him on a second day. I played at Kutztown with Cortez's brother. That's cool, man. Maurice, that's cool. Hey, Maurice, did you play for um, – Um, you played at Kutztown. I think Andre Reed's out of there, isn't he? Maurice, is it, is it – um, I, I, I could have swore Andre told me he's out of Kutztown. Young four, wow, four, four, eight. I'm looking at that kid. Look at that. They got DeAndre Hopkins, Nolan. Nolan Smith is faster than Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, so Nolan, Nolan Smith is going to be the star of the day and the star of the combines like Jordan Davis was. Nolan Smith. He's faster than Stefan Diggs. And DeAndre Hopkins. I don't make you a football player. Nolan Smith. According to Wikipedia, Nolan Central Smith is an American. He's a bulldog, too. 6'3. 235 college career. Let's see how productive. Three sacks. God, these guys don't put a lot of numbers up. Oh, he went to IMG in Bradenton. You know what IMG is, right? It's a prep school that they take the elite kids in the country. They put you in this prep school. And I don't know. I mean, I'm I don't know what I what I feel about it, but this it it it's like a it's like a preparatory school before you get to college. And you 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 get rewarded by scholarships to go here. So he's an IMG guy. I didn't realize that. That means he's gone through the recruiting processes as we speak. Um, Kenara Miller from TCU, six feet, 220, another second day guy. Keaton Mitchell, Eastern Carolina University, 5'9", 184, another second day guy, too small. Rashawn, you know, Texas had two backs. This kid, Johnson, 6'2", 222. And Bijan Robinson. You know, you guys remember? Who, who, who was? Terrell Davis, like, played at Georgia. And for whatever reason, Dolan didn't play him. What was his name? Dolan, the head coach of uh, Georgia at the time? They didn't play him for some reason. I think he got hurt a couple times. There were other guys that were in the building. And Terrell Davis had no – Herschel Walker couldn't believe that this guy 
was treated the way he was. He's even apologized to how George has treated Terrell Davis. And sometimes there's, there's guys on your football team because they're such great players. Who's the guy that played with Ricky Williams in Texas? Yeah. Who was the, who was the guy that played? Um, who was the guy that, that played? Um, was it Pritchard? What was the guy that played with Ricky Williams at, at Texas? That went on to have a pretty damn good career. There was a guy. Yeah. Or Tony, do you remember? There was a guy at, at Texas that played with Ricky and he had a hell of a career. I forget who that guy's name was. It was another good back that they had there. Holmes, Priest Holmes. That's it. Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes played with Ricky Williams in Texas. SJ goes, what are you watching? Um, defensive line running right now, SJ. That's kind of what I'm keeping an eye on. I'm watching some of the D-line that are taken off because at the 10th pick, the Eagles could be in a position to take an edge rusher. Yeah, Priest Holmes, he, he played with Ricky, and he was a heck of a ball player. He had a really, really – he had a really good NFL career, I thought. So – those are your those are your um, college guys that I'm that I'm looking at. One guy's a day one guy. I think the rest of them are all day two. Maybe the last couple guys top of day three, something like that. Big Seals, do you think Tyree Wilson drops to thirty? Absolutely not. The kid from Texas Tech, no way. Okay, no way. Nicobe Dean, Nolan, and Beal. I missed that. Nicobe Dean is watching the combines right now. And I believe these are going to be – oh, these are shuttle drills now. Here's the free agent running backs. Would you pay the money for a 25-year-old Josh Jacob? No. How about this one? Would you pay $7 million to Saquon Barkley to come play football in Philadelphia? Would you take Saquon Barkley? One year, yes. Yeah, what did, what did, what did what did Dean say? Those guys were fast, by the way. Very impressive on the D-line. Yeah, they're running they're running shuttle drills now. Would you Hey, Joseph. You weaken the Giants, you get Barkley for 7 million bucks behind. Can you imagine Barkley and the Eagle offense? Barkley and the Eagle offense. You upgraded. Tony Pollard, can I tell you, I think they want, I think the Eagles want to move off of, what? you know what, I think they want to move off of Miles Sanders. I think they want a different back. I think they want a pass-catching guy like Tony Pollard. That's why they went after Christian McCaffrey. They went after Christian McCaffrey because I think they want that pass-catching dude. 
You know what I mean? I think they want that kind of guy. Okay. Hey, by the way, if the Cowboys cut Zeke Elliott, would you be interested in him as a red zone back like LeGarrette Blunt? Would you bring him in? Why not? How about David Montgomery? Bears, 26. That's how old he is. How about David Montgomery? I actually like him. I think he's a pretty solid player up there. Watch him play. He runs tough. I, I like him. He's got good character. Does a lot in the community. Well, then here, know this. If you bring in a rookie, he better be a good pass protector. Because the one thing Miles Sanders is good at is pass protection. Most rookie running backs don't play. Why? Because they can't pass protect. Rashad Penny spent almost his entire career in Seattle in either the tub or on the bench because he couldn't block and pass protection for Russell Wilson. How about Jamal Williams? This kid had 1,000 yards last year. 28, Lions. Could be affordable. Could be affordable. I think he had 1,000 yards, right? Am I right? I don't think he'd be really that overly expensive. That's right. Tony's like, effing Miles was hit or miss and pass probe. Depend if he ate his Wheaties that Sunday. That's a shit pass protector. That's a guy who doesn't care. You can't be good one day and shitty another day. Sorry. That's just not giving a shit about your job. Leonard Fournette. I'd be interested in Leonard. What's he, 30 now? Couldn't Wouldn't cost you a bunch. I'd be interested in Leonard Fournette. He's the next guy here. Um, Shepard is Kareem Hunt. 28. Thought he was older. Productive kid earlier in his career. Now he plays with Chubb, so he's he's probably fresh. He's probably fresh because Chubb gets the carries. You know, won't be expensive. Fournette's 28. A lot of miles on that road. He had a ton of carries in Jacksonville. Dude, he was a really good catch. By the way, Leonard Fournette, he just evaporated, though. Now, the O-line in Tampa, to be to be fair, was also a shit show. Um, and how about the kid from Buffalo? Devin Singletary, Bills, 26. I think all these guys will cost you about four or five million dollars. The top guys will cost you about seven. Jacobs is going to cost you a ton because he's only 25. So wait a minute. Let me get this right. So the Raiders move off of Jacobs and Carr. Is this a money pinching thing? I thought the whole thing in Las Vegas was that they were making uh, money hand over fist. So you're moving off of Josh Jacobs and your quarterback. You're saving 40 million on your quarterback. And another 10. Boy, this sounds like really being cheesy in Las Vegas. Okay? All right, let me take a time out here. We'll take a look at some of these guys running here a little bit. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. 
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. man i see some guys that eight and a half sack i mean i don't get it man i think i don't know i don't know i gotta look at the production stuff a little bit differently i do i gotta look at the production stuff let me ask you something about jalen hurts contract lamar wants a fully guaranteed contract i found this out he doesn't necessarily want out of ba- he uh, out of Baltimore. Okay, he doesn't want out of Baltimore, but he wants a guaranteed deal. What if the Baltimore Ravens give Lamar Jackson a guaranteed deal? Should Jalen Hurts demand one? 
Supposedly, Yale, it's 51 a year for four. Four years of 51 million. Guaranteed. It would it would it would beat the Browns deal. So if Lamar Jackson gets a completely guaranteed contract, should Hurts demand it? And it's it's being reported now that John Harbaugh at the Combines was asked a question about life without Lamar Jackson. He goes, I have not thought 10 seconds about that. We're not thinking it either. It's whether or not they're going to guarantee the framework of the deal. How many years? Are you going to give, do you think the Eagles and Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, Mr. Hollywood, are going to give Jalen Hurts a four-year, $50 million, fully guaranteed deal. Eh, no way. No way. No way. <laughs> hey, Baltimore, man, is in a pickle here because I think the Dolphins might do that to bring him back to South Florida. I think – watch this. Do I think there's teams out there that would give him a fully guaranteed deal? Here are the teams that I think that would give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed $51 million deal for four years. Carolina, New Orleans. Now, New Orleans can't because of money issues, but um, Carolina, Atlanta. You're trying to tell me you don't think they'd be in the conversation for Lamar Jackson in Atlanta? They got money. Okay. Who else? With the Jets? I don't know he wants to play up there. I think he wants to play more in the south, closer to home. Browns were desperate. Hey, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. There's not anybody with more pressure on him to succeed in this coming 2023 season than Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Dude, you better pan up now. Not two years from now. Today. Your mulligan year was last year. You have no latitude. You better play. You better succeed. <laughs> They're not going to sit around and wait for your ass. You're going to have to show up like day one, game one. You're in this, man. And by the way, you get latitudes and you get a lot of – everyone's cool with you when you're a good dude. But when you got 25 rape cases or alleged rape cases around you, whether it's innocent or not, nobody cares about truth today. They only care about impression. They don't care if he's innocent or not. There's 25 sexual assault accusations against you. Whether it's true or not, you have been convicted in the court of public opinion. Do you understand that that's a bigger court today than actual court? Barry Bonds is convicted in the court of public opinion as a juicer. Lance Armstrong as a liar. Ray Lewis involved as a murder case. You can't, hey, Batman, it's, I get, you're right. It's, it sucks, but true. You know this. He better play his ass off. Jalen's going to get, watch this. Jalen has a down year. 
And I'm not talking about a superstar, like crazy down year. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm talking about, like, like he, he makes a couple steps back. Right? No one's going to kill him because the team stepped back. Right? But that guy's not going to get that latitude. What happened to Roethlisberger? Light City, come on, man. What happened to Roethlisberger? Do I really have to say that to you, Lambo? Roethlisberger's white. <laughs> come on, man. Here on this show, you can talk the truth. You don't have to, like, you're never going to have leading questions. Light City, you're never going to have leading questions towards big sales because I'll answer them. That's the difference here. Don't do that. What happened to Roethlisberger? Well, what do you think? <laughs> he, white, he played in Pittsburgh with the Roonies. Hello? <laughs> I mean, oh, no, no. Here, I'll give you a white broadcaster's answer. Well, you know, you know, he had to pay his time and he did his duty. My, my, by the way, my wife hates that guy because of that thing. She hates him because how he got off on that. <laughs> she hates Roethlisberger. I know, man. Thank you, Light City. Come on, man. Light City, just so you know, you can always talk here like that because this is how we talk here. You can't talk like that on the radio stations in Philly or anywhere in the country. That's why we're building this into one of the biggest things going. It's because we talk truth here. I always say this, though, Yale, Yale brings up OJ. Dude, if OJ Simpson had run for 2,003 yards in his prime and had murdered somebody that offseason, the Bills would have given him a contract extension. <laughs> if he was found innocent, OJ would be in the league the next year. Am I lying? <laughs> Am I lying? OJ would have been OJ would have been on Madden. <laughs> yeah. Always, man. Always. Why did Rob you know better than that, man? OJ was innocent. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah. OJ's innocent. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You guys were fantastic today, man. I really appreciate it. I love the combines. I love the draft. I love free agency. I actually sometimes like the offseason of the NFL now because it is so much content. And it's like in the land of like misinformation, and you got to kind of like dissect your way through it. I appreciate you guys so much, man. Thank you again. Tone awesome. Big Joe, you're awesome. Xander, thank you very much. Tone, you have been spectacular and awesome, and I thank you very much. I'll see you tomorrow going 3 to 6 Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. 
and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at MesaLaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.